This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, October 25th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Herbert Hoover may have failed as a president, but it certainly wasn't for a lack of giant increases in federal spending. Steve Horwitz, a professor of economics at St. Lawrence University, is author of the recent Cato paper, Herbert Hoover, Father of the New Deal. We spoke last week. It seems odd to rekindle a debate about Herbert Hoover and whether or not he was actually a laissez-faire guy or a big spender or uh, none of the above, but uh, you argue that it's important to have this debate. First of all, what is the reputation of Herbert Hoover as president with respect to fiscal policy? Yeah, the reputation is pretty clear that he was a laissez-faire guy, that he stood around and did nothing while the economy collapsed and during, you know, post the stock market crash during his presidency. And again, he gets invoked today as the sort of archetype of, of the do-nothing response to recessions. People say, we don't want to do what, do nothing like Hoover did and end us in, in the, end up in another Great Depression. So, so the reputation is pretty clear. The reputation is that he was a kind of laissez-faire, let the market cure itself kind of guy. Now, does that reputation exist just by virtue of the difference of magnitude between the, the kinds of spending programs that FDR was involved in and his own? What, what accounts for that? Yeah, I think that's, that's a really interesting question. I think there's two things. There, there, I think that point's valid. There was some difference in, in magnitude, though not a great difference in magnitude. And again, many of the programs that FDR later adopted were modeled on Hoover's own programs. Uh, I think probably the real reason is is that after he left the presidency, Hoover's rhetoric changed in some ways, and and I think he rejected what he saw as as a sort of extremism of the Roosevelt years, and was sort of writing these things about the importance of individualism and so on. So his reputation later in life was such that that people later assumed that's how he was behaving. I think when he was president, but if you look at the record of his presidency, it's it's very very different than a kind of again laissez-faire individualist whatever. In fact, Hoover from his early days was committed to various versions of of collectivism and progressivism. Modern defenders of FDR are quick to invoke Hoover as laissez-faire. In fact, those two terms, Hoover and laissez-faire, they just just go together. What is the reality? What kind of programs was what did Hoover champion as a as a candidate, yeah. or maybe before he was yeah. a candidate and as a candidate and president? Well, I think if you, again, if you go back, he from his early years, he he was someone who believed in activist government. He was a progressive. Uh, he believed he was involved in during World War One in the Food Administration and sort of you know trying to plan out the food sector during the war. After he after the war was over during the 1920s, he was Secretary of Commerce under two different presidents, and he tried to turn the Commerce Department into something very active. He brought uh, industrialists in and labor groups in and wanted to have a kind of uh, way for government to react when recessions happen and deal with unemployment. Fortunately, Coolidge and you know, ne- you know, sort of would pat him on the head and say, "Go away," because he didn't really want to do any of that stuff. But when Hoover became president in '28, it surprised no one that he responded to the stock market crash and the recession by invoking the very kinds of programs he'd been looking at and wanting to do during the '20s. And these ideas were very common in, in sort of uh, you know American intellectual circles in the time. As he becomes president, he, he does what he said he would do. He begins to invest in public works. He shuts immigration down to near nothing. People sometimes forget that intervention, too. He basically said no more immigration. Um, he convinced business leaders to maintain the wages they were paying in the face of a severe deflation. Uh, if prices are falling but wages are staying the same, you're really making employment more expensive. And that's a key reason why unemployment jumped up to 25%. He created uh, various and sundry sort of uh, government loan operations to help out banks, to help out farmers. Uh, 
foreshadowing, again, many of the things that happened in the New Deal. As Roosevelt's own advisors recognized, they said so many of our programs were modeled on things that Hoover had done uh, prior, to, prior to the election. To what extent did FDR run against Hoover policies? To, to some extent. I mean, he certainly ran against the, the way in which Hoover had unbalanced the budget. And that was another, you know, again, we think about Hoover, we think austerity, balanced budget. He ran deficits and he knew it. Um, and he knew they were big. He thought they were necessary. He thought they were, you know, that's how he thought you you could fight the, the problems of, of the growing uh, of the growing depression. And, Rose, and Roosevelt said, nope, we can't, you know, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be doing that, at least not that much. So Roosevelt, if you look at the camp, campaign in 1932, ran as the sort of you know, fiscal conservative against what he saw as, as Hoover's profligacy. I guess I should add one other thing, too. Hoover recognized that, too, and late in, in his presidency in 31-32, uh, in he proposed what was then the largest peacetime tax increase in the United States as well. So, so again, we think about the ways in which he intervened during the recession. We shouldn't forget that tax increase either. Why does this debate matter? It, it seems it's useful, I guess, as a, as a talking point for a lot of people who want to defend a big spending government. I know George W. Bush has an unearned reputation as a deregulator in his eight years in office when the reality is our last deregulating president was Jimmy Carter in the late 70s. That's right. And uh, so, so why is it useful to, to, to re-engage this debate? Well, I think a couple of reasons. I think the, you know, for, for folks who are def sort of defenders of the Roosevelt legacy and who now see government intervention as being the way out of the problems we're in right now, it becomes convenient to point back to Hoover and say, laissez-faire failed. Because in one sense, they're right. They're right that Hoover failed. If you look at the Hoover presidency in terms of the impact on the economy, it was a disaster. Uh, unemployment shot up. The, re the recession became the Great Depression. Uh, if all, by every measure, it was an economic disaster. And so the, the defenders of big government want to say, see, he was laissez-faire. That led to disaster. That's why we need activist government today. But the problem is, is that they're, they're right that he was a failure. But the reason he was a failure is precisely because of those interventions, because of maintaining wages, because of uh, the, the, the large government programs he put into place, the public works programs, all of these things, tax increase combined, that combined intervention prevented uh, the market from recovering the way it would have otherwise. So if you want to say the Hoover years were a big problem and we shouldn't imitate them, you're absolutely right. But the reason they're a problem is because he was an interventionist. And so the lesson for today is we haven't tried to let markets fix themselves. We haven't tried, quote unquote, austerity. So you can't use the Hoover years as evidence against it because it wasn't. So if we want to have a debate today about what we should do, let's have a real debate. Let's not invoke this myth of Hoover as, as laissez-faire to sort of wipe those four years of intervention off the, off the discussion table. Steve Horwitz is a professor of economics at St. Lawrence University and is author of the recent Cato paper, Herbert Hoover, Father of the New Deal. You can get your copy at Cato.org.